0: really not trying to necessarily fit what you think a professor should wear because you're standing up in front of people you have to feel comfortable in what you're wearing so and it has to fit well because there are a whole classroom of people looking at you
1: hi everyone thanks for checking into the grad girl wellness podcast a space designed to inspire and highlight the stories of women of color in graduate school who are prioritizing their overall health and wellness while pursuing higher education my name is Angela, and I'm your host. Let's get started. So hi, Tiffany. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm excited to be wrapping up the semester. I'm tired.
0: <laughs> oh, yes. We just excited to wrap up this whole year. We need just oh, yes. fresh start.
1: Yes, yes, 2021 has been rough. (laughs) Um, um, So thank you for being here on the podcast. I know it's a busy time of year, a lot going on personally and professionally, um, but I wanted to jump into things because I'm excited to talk about fashion and style and image with you. Um, So for folks who are unfamiliar, could you tell us a little bit about yourself, what discipline you studied, and what what field you're currently in?
0: Um, So my name is Tiffany Ingram. Um, I just recently graduated um, from Drexel University with my doctorate in education, um, a qualitative researcher, um, as I will say, still budding, even after you graduate, you're still a baby scholar. Um, But my work focused on African American millennial women and the challenges they faced in career advancement, and particularly looking at race, age, and gender and how that intersectionality affects affects women um, in the career space. And um, my research idea really came from, my main topic came from me, and the experiences that my friends are Facing in the workplace and trying to climb up this corporate ladder, but still being faced with these microaggressions and just seeming like there is just this cap on how far we can go and um, just the challenges in navigating it. I think, particularly, my outcomes really show like there's so much work to be done. And a lot of people think, like, oh, well, Black women should be okay. They're getting jobs, we're more educated. But a lot of people are still in entry-level positions that they may have had even like from undergrad. Um, so really making sure that organizations are providing pathways for women of color to be mentored and um, actually have access to higher level positions is something that is still very much an issue for us. Um, the millennial generation, and I feel like the baby boomers have experienced it as well. So. Um, While there's so much hateration, I would say, put on millennials and like the stereotypes that exist for our generation, I think it's so different from women of color. So that's just one part of me um, in my researcher hat. Um, What I currently do for work, I work for D.C. government. Um, I work in special education compliance for the state, although we're not a state. Um, we manage um all compliance for uh, special education for our public charter schools and our um school districts. So I work primarily giving professional development and technical assistance to our over 60 uh, local education agencies that are here in DC. Um and the other part of my life is policy and fashion, um, uh, which I started while I was in grad school. So um so much goes into writing and researching and reading that i felt like i wanted another outlet to just kind of express to who i am as a person um but also as a plus-size woman a plus-size black woman i it's so many images that are out there and i feel like often for a plus-size um, influencers it's like so hyper sexualized it's like everything has to be out and short and tight I wanted to give um a just an alternative story of what it looked like to be a plus-size African American millennial woman and how you can look fashionable at work and still incorporate your style and your creativity into a traditional workspace working in government
1: that is Awesome, like when I was hearing you talk about climbing the corporate ladder and like I was thinking about the glass ceiling and how um, for me in particular I'm applying to like tenure track positions and I'm thinking about the fact that I am like willingly subjecting myself (laughs) to to certain issues that I know are are going to exist and don't get any better just because I'm a professor rather than a grad student Um, but I also kind of the second part of your response thinking about how we can use fashion as a way to kind of Embody more of who we are in those types of spaces, and I think that's really important, so I appreciate you for kind of filling that niche and being a voice um, about that experience, and so I know you you started policy and fashion as a graduate student, so I was curious if you could talk a little bit about your relationship to wellness and self care during that time in your life.
0: Oh my goodness, I think my life was just (laughs) take care of yourself. I feel like I am probably 30 pounds heavier. but my brain has grown, <laughs> I would say. Um, I think self-care is like really hard, particularly for I'm not, I was not a traditional graduate student. I still had a full-time job. I was taking classes part-time, but it was year round. So I think it was really, really hard for me for balance and staying focused. And I think for me, self-care was really being honest about what you're able to do. And I think so many times we're putting this off for the next day or putting things off to the weekend, but really finding ways to kind of smooth, like spread out your responsibilities throughout the week. Um, I found myself like totally burnt out on weekends because I was trying to get up and start working by like seven in the morning and then working till like two and three o'clock in the morning. Um so I think for me it was just being honest about like you can't do everything on the weekends and you have to actually put more time in during the week too to just balance out life and um I really worked hard to try to at least block out if it was like just a TV show I wanted to watch or every two weeks to go to a brunch or spend time with my friends really allot your time yourself time for that because just sitting in one space for all these hours trying to get work done it doesn't work um and forcing yourself you're getting mad at yourself you start making silly mistakes when you're like forcing it um so I think that was one thing I did um I also like honored the fact that I like to keep my home separate from a lot of things so I did rent out a co-working space for the majority of my time in grad school out here um I don't even know if they're still alive uh, after COVID but it was called Cove and um it was significantly cheaper than a we work because there's a billion we works in dc but i didn't have money for we work but cove was like under hundred dollars a month and they had multiple locations so i would spice things up by going to different locations and make it feel like i was going somewhere um, during the time when i was like really studying so those are just some of my tips
1: (laughs) That's actually really helpful because I've been going to cafes now and it's like getting starting to get really expensive. So I'm going to look up Cove and see if they have that or something similar um, in New York because that would be really, really helpful.
0: Yeah. And sometimes they usually have coffee and snacks there, um, you know, just now in the time of COVID. I always used to have Clorox wipes and like wipe stuff down because people used to always be coughing and all of that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, I, it's the opportunity to give yourself like grace to like be in a different space because your brain changes when you're in different environments. And I think sometimes like trying to make yourself work at home sometimes isn't always the best option.
1: Mm-hmm. No, that is definitely true. Um, so in a similar vein, I'm curious, how did fashion and style tie into all of this? Like how did that help you uh, focus or get through your graduate school journey?
0: Um, I've always loved fashion. I think since like the age of four, I've always had a purse. Like I would ask, like, I want a purse for Christmas. And at that point, it was like a little Minnie Mouse or Mickey Mouse purse or whatever. Um, But I even like I get dressed up to go places. I definitely feel like um, when you get yourself ready for the day, you put on a new outfit, you get yourself together, you definitely feel different. When you feel good about how you look, I feel like you perform different. Um, I've always had that mindset. I do think that even in my research, a lot of people talked about how they showed up at work and the comments people would get from them about their physical appearance, whether it was hair, whether that was outfits, like people are watching you and making a lot of assumptions about who you are. Um, And I recognize that very early on in my career. I've always been the youngest person in every job, every team I've been on. And it's been very important that I show up image-wise how I want to be addressed. So for longest, people didn't know how old I was because I was always like dressed um, to my professional standard, right? Everybody's idea of professionalism is different. Um, But really understanding that you show up how you want to show up and what you are most comfortable in and of course abiding by whatever dress code is there but um, I think too often people try to shrink themselves to fit a certain space and um, I just don't believe that you have to do that so you may see braids one day you may see a wig the next but I'm going to look cute regardless um, and take pride in how I look um, before I go out the door
1: Awesome. I like this idea of everyone having their own professional standard, right? It's kind of like make it work for you and then do what uh, feel comfortable. What feels comfortable for you. And now, thinking specifically about graduate students, mm-hmm. particularly women of color who are in graduate school, why do you? How does image play into that experience?
0: Um, I- unfortunately everyone is always watching us like extra extra watching us so um even if you are you know a traditional graduate student and you're showing up on campus you want to be cognizant of how people see you You never know who you may connect with and you don't want to be known as a girl like oh i saw her but she had on she looked disheveled right like her clothes are wrinkled she looked like she didn't take a shower today like we get we actually get criticized more harshly and how we look, women period but particularly black women and that is just something that unfortunately there are preconceived like biases and stereotypes that are around us that we kind of have to make sure we are a step up um, from maybe what other people are doing i've been like that since undergrad like i never went to school with my pajamas on i never went to school with my scarf on primarily because I was the only Black person in some of my classes. So I may not, I knew early on, I may not have been the smartest girl in the the room, but I wasn't going to look like the one that didn't belong. And for me, I was like very much like, let me put myself together every day because no one is going to say like, oh, she doesn't look like she cares about herself. Um, Because people recognize when you're there, particularly when you're the only you they you never can be missed because they're like, Oh, she's here today. Um, so you do want to make sure that you are dressing the part, especially if you maybe possibly want to work for their university in the future, you never know who you're going to come across and who you may be connected with. And the day that you think it doesn't matter is the day you may see the president or you may see the dean, or you may see anyone that could remember your interaction and possibly help you and sponsor you for a future position in the
1: future? That, you, you just said a lot there, one, because the, this idea of us being the only ones already, right? So it's like, we have this academic pressure, but then we also have this pressure of when we are incorporated in, in this space and we know people are looking at us, we have to be mindful of how we show up, not only what we say, but how we should just show up physically um, in that space um yeah no I've had some incidences folks you know oh you look nice or touching your hair and all of that kind of oh yeah mm-hmm. That's
0: and, cool. yeah and we I had that in my research as well like I've had girls who say like um a couple of my participants was like scared to go to work with her hair braided because she had mm-hmm. never worn her hair braided before um people crying in the bathroom like oh I don't want to go on my natural hair like sheer anxiety about just your hair um picture day at work when you're doing professional head shots for the company um you deciding to straighten your hair for your picture your co-workers are like you finally did your hair um like these are things that are have been said to people and yes it's 2021 but this these are the things that people say about folks and i think it's very important that you stand your ground and start a lot of that and i tell people all the time i change my hair often it doesn't have it's not a news break but just know I'm going to always look cute. So at the end of the day, regardless of how I decide to style my hair, it does not impact what I can offer to the organization. Um, And we don't touch hair. If you have questions and we are close enough, I may want to answer them. But some, I just, some people I'm like, yep, new hairstyle and just keep, keep on going. Um, Because I also don't feel like it is the the role of black women to always be educating people on stuff and it's exhausting and a lot of people just talked about oh well, how oh wow you do so many different things with your hair I wish I could do that with my hair yep it's very versatile I love who I am and you have to keep it moving um it's unfortunate that we are faced with that line of questioning um, because other people are not faced with that and men their beauty, you know, their budget for beauty is nothing, right? It's the haircut and that's it. But we have to really think about how we show up. And for me, it's just about showing up as your best self, your authentic self, um, because there is no need to try to look like someone else um, because you're always going to be masking something. It's better to just show up at, at who you are. Mm-hmm.
1: No, that that's helpful show up who as ha, as you are and, and who yeah. you are Um, something you said earlier was about we want to make sure that we show up as ourselves because you never know who is looking and I actually had a question here about making the transition from student to teacher right we actually might be teaching at these institutions um but i know for me i didn't really seriously consider dress until i had to get a teacher wardrobe right i was just like oh i'm a student nobody really cares but when i had to stand in front of people i was like oh let me go and get a blazer let me get some you know collar mm-hmm. shirts um how can students you know get a teacher you know, quote unquote work wardrobe without buying a completely new closet or like, you know, being out of house at home?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's different price points for everybody. Um, I will say like when you're on a budget, if you're really, really, really on a budget and this is for everybody, think about the thrift stores. I found some amazing blazers at um, Goodwills. Go to the Goodwill that you know is in the little ritzy part of your area, wherever city you're in, go to the Suburban. Goodwill, where you're like, mm, she may have a hundred percent wool blazer that she may let go of, right? Um, and go to those places. Be okay with looking for a men's blazer if you're like a plus size woman and you may need a larger size. Be okay with looking in their section too for a blazer um, at Goodwill and just take it to zips for what, $2 dry cleaning, $3 dry cleaning. Um starting there, I love Target figure out what's the best target in your area and just hone on in there um, the who what where collection that they have the new day you can find things in store and online for all ranges um, size ranges um, of course like you have more money at h&m than banana republic j crew and you can go up from there, but look for sales. This is the time where people have had a lot of deals, cyber sales, and they will continue to have sales up until Christmas. So think about if you wanna invest in a blazer, figuring out like, okay, what size am I? What do I want? Start with some staples of blacks and grays and blue, things that can be interchanged. Um, Think about getting like just a pair of black jeans that you can dress up. On the weekend, you can wear it with a graphic tee, but you can dress it up with a blouse when it's time to go to work. Um, so just finding ways to incorporate things to your wardrobe that you can wear for seven days a week. It's not just about work, but also taking you to the weekend. So for me in the winter, I love a black turtleneck. I probably have about 10 that I rotate because you can tuck that into a pair of jeans, you can tuck that into a sweater, uh, layer it under a sweater. You can have a wear it with a skirt or with dress pants. And it's something where you can put a blazer on top or another sweater on top. And it looks like a whole different outfit, but it's a staple piece that you can wear pretty much any day of the week. Um, and I would just say, think about your shoes as well. I think we forgot about shoes since we've been at home. Uh, um, so start looking for any type of boots or like a, um, don't wear heels if you can't wear heels, right? Like I went to Michigan State for undergrad, like it's acres and acres of land, right? I would never be like, girl, you gotta wear heels if you're teaching. No, that's silly because you have to walk to these places. So think about finding a shoe that works for you, that's functional, Um If you don't like dresses, don't buy no dresses. Like, you know, really not trying to necessarily fit what you think a professor should wear. Because you're standing up in front of people, you have to feel comfortable in what you're wearing. So, and it has to fit well because there are a whole classroom of people looking at you. Um, So you want to look good in what you have on every day. And if you're trying to fit into the mold of image of someone else people can see when you're not confident so you are already likely young so you have to come with a certain level of confidence for people to take you seriously Mm
1: -hmm. so i heard find things that are functional things that are can be versatile and and thinking creatively about what you buy and how you can use it in different ways um Mm -hmm. do you have any thoughts on tailoring
0: oh yes um so that is the biggest thing. I think particularly for women, we're not taught that, oh, you can get things tailored. Men are taught early on like, oh, okay, you know, can't just buy a suit off the rack. You're going to have to get it tailored. Often we don't have those discussions. So finding some way to get a tailored, um, getting a blazer tailored. If you find a great blazer, let's say even at a Goodwill that is may even be designer and you're like okay I just need to bring the sleeves in or it needs to up or something like that that's your time to invest in finding a tailor that's in the area that can do those things for you um dress pants like let's not walk around with are just stepping on the bottom of our dress pants like if you know you're petite investing in a tailor um if you buy things at Nordstrom, Nordstrom Rack like they have folks on site there that will help you. Do you need something hemmed or taken in? Um, so utilize those services as well. Tailoring can be expensive, but I think that if you find a piece that's worth it, um, you definitely should invest
1: in getting your items tailored. Okay. That's also very helpful to know. I didn't start thinking about a tailor until a couple years ago and I was like oh I can keep my clothes (laughs) you can
0: when you um some people are like oh I've lost weight or oh this or that like whatever happens with your body um there's tailors that can support with that um and you just want to make sure you find someone that's going to work within your price range that could be pricey but when you have the right piece it makes sense for um it to be tailored um the things in the store are not to fit everybody, Mm -hmm. right? The goal is to fit a certain population of folks. So we know that an eight at Old Navy is different from an eight at Banana Republic. And they're all under the same technically brand, fashion house, like they're under, all of them are under the same people, um, but their sizing is different. So be okay with maybe sizing up with things and understanding that maybe you know your hips are wider but your waist is smaller you need to fit the largest part of your body so you may have to size up to fit the hip booty area but then you can take it to a tailor for them to work on the waist or maybe work on the length for you if you're petite so um being okay with not being married to any type of size like no girl i'm only a 12 i'm not going to buy nothing that's a 14 well Let's buy stuff that fits and that um, you feel comfortable in. So there's no need of you wearing some pants that are too tight. I know somebody bought some pants too tight and like their pants split in front of everybody. And that's because I'm not sizing up. I'm not sizing up. Now you're embarrassed because no one's going to forget that moment. Um, So it's like you might as well make sure that you get something that fits your body well, that you feel confident standing in front of people Um, multiple times a week, probably. um, And you look good in that.
1: That's super helpful. Nobody knows what size you're wearing. Only you do. Right. (laughs) No one knows. No one's
0: walking around like, girl, let me see the inside of your jacket. What size is that? And if somebody is that invasive, like, girl, I can tell you where I got it from. I don't know what size this is. Mm -hmm. Um, But there is nothing posted on the back of your booty. Like this is the size 16 pant. Like no one cares.
1: Exactly. Um, uh, so I had kind of like a general. So one thing I wanted to hit on is I know you have a work a work wardrobe checklist and you're kind of going through like make sure you have this black sweater shoes of that nature. Could you tell us a little bit about the work wardrobe checklist before I forget? Um, so my work wardrobe checklist
0: you can find at policyandfashion.com. You can download it, and these are just staple pieces um, to have in your wardrobe. If you're trying to figure out how can I piece together some things I may want for work, um, that is just a basis to start there. Um, I think every uh, industry is different in terms of what you may have to wear to work. Um, whether working on Capitol Hill, working in corporate America, um, a lot of Places have changed their, like, hardcore dress code since COVID. Like, some people have become more lenient. But the work wardrobe checklist just kind of helps you, guide you, especially through your closet, to identify what gaps may exist and some pieces that you may want to go out and look for. Um, So you definitely want to make sure you're checking in with your closet before you buy anything. Um, A lot of us say, oh, I need this, I need that. But it's like, ah, do you really look and see what you have first, particularly at any budget, you need to see what you have um, and figure out if there are things that already exist and fit for what you have, what you want. Maybe you have it already and you didn't realize it. Um, So really just trying to focus in on your closet, cleaning that out and the work wardrobe checklist can help you navigate that. That's
1: really helpful, right? So take inventory of what you have first inventory
0: people love a sale so people are like oh this is 60% off I need a shop but it's like actually you may not um and it may be stuff you don't even want so you want to make sure that you do an inventory of what you have and when you are purchasing this is something that fits your life are you buying something because it's 60% off and it's a ball gown when is when are the next time you're going to a formal event um, so that may not be what you need to invest your money in it may be that you need a good blazer or it may be that you need a nice pair of shoes um or you're interviewing
1: and you need a suit
0: um so really making sure you're spending your money wisely
1: and I think that's especially important for grad students because we don't have a lot to go a lot of money to go around anyway yes Awesome. So kind of generally, so we talked about figuring out what to buy, but I have like one remaining question about how we figure out what our style is, right? Like how do I know like, oh, I like prints or, you know, plaid is in, should I buy plaid? Like how do we go about figuring out what our individual style is? Um, I think a
0: couple, you can do a couple things. I always suggest that people um, take pictures of what they wear um so for the next week take a picture of what you're wearing when you go out um so you can kind of see what do you lean towards when you are looking online or looking on pinterest what are things that you lean towards that you like do you have a board of people uh, like a style icon board i will say where so a lot of times people use pinterest for a lot of things but some people are pinning um, pictures of their of outfits that they like or looks they would like to recreate. Um, and you can start there and start understanding like, what do you like? But um, I think some people, I can't be mad if you don't like color. As much as I try to push people to think about, you know, do colors and prints. Some people don't wanna do that. And I think for me, it's more about what do you feel most comfortable in? Um, So is it where I love dresses, but I know several people in my life who absolutely hate dresses. They don't want to wear a dress. They want to wear jeans. Okay, well, now, how can I have a range of jeans that fit my look? We may like distressed jeans, but we cannot wear distressed jeans to work, right? So how can we make sure we have a range of jeans that fit us well, whether that's boot cut, whether that's high waist, whether that's skinny, and make sure you invest in jeans because you really like to wear them. You can find ways to wear them to work. You just need to wear some that fit well. Um, I do not press people into saying like you got to wear this color or that color. You have to follow the trends. Some trends aren't useful for you. You don't want to wear plaid, then you don't have to buy anything plaid. If you want to invest in plaid and maybe um, you don't want a plaid blazer, maybe okay, you want plaid, but maybe it's a scarf um, that you can just pair with under your winter coat or with a sweater um, in the colder months. So I I will say really think through the trends. And um, if you don't have a lot of money, you may not want to invest in trends at all. You may want to keep it classic, thinking about Classic pieces that you may need, a classic, a leather jacket, a blazer, a denim jacket, things that are timeless because you don't have a whole lot of money to be investing in all these different things. Mm-hmm. Um, so a good pair of jeans, again, nice boots, a nice pair of dress shoes, whether that's a flat or a heel, those are things you're going to need regardless of whatever trend is out there, because let's be real some of these trends don't aren't fitting for real people right these are movie stars and influencers and celebrities you're you have to make sure you're creating a wardrobe that works for you and every trend is not going to work for me um so I know a lot of people were wearing it was this whole movement and it's still out here of like silk and satin people were doing that I sweat a lot so I don't want to get no satin shirt and I raise my arm and it's a whole sweat stain right there. So that's a trend I'm not going to participate in because I know it doesn't align
1: with how my body operates. That's really helpful because I know sometimes like I, you know, I walk into a store and I'm like, oh, this is what, this is what the cool kids are wearing. Like, I want to be on trend, but I'm just like, I can't jump on that. Right. So I want to be trend B, but in my mm-hmm. own way. Um, so that's helpful to think about. Yeah.
0: And a lot of people are doing these, we're going back to grunge, 90s, like pleather, leather, platform, distress, bleach this, tie dye, like you can't wear that stuff to work. So don't let the store influence what you're going to buy. When you're going shopping, you should already know what you're looking for. This is not a casual glance. Let's see what the wind blows in especially if you're on a budget you should be going with a plan and like already identify the stores that you want to go to because they're likely to have the piece that you want so if you're looking for blazers and dress pants you shouldn't be in forever 21 um certain H&M's you know it's a certain section for that um you should be saying okay what does Macy's have or what does a you know maybe J Crew or Banana Republic have If you're looking for jeans, okay, well, maybe that's a whole spectrum of things. But do you want cheap jeans that's going to only last for a little bit? Or are you looking for investment? So maybe now you may want to go to a Madewell or a J Crew or something like that and look for some jeans. So making sure when you go to the store, don't let people influence you into buying something or having to buy something that's right off the store window. Think about how many times you can wear that item. You're saying, oh my God, I love this. I got to have this. You should be able on spot to think of three ways you're going to wear that outfit before you buy it. Three, if you can't find three ways with pre-existing things you have at home, not, oh, if I got some brown boots, I could buy them and I could then wear it. No, if you're buying a piece, you should be able to say, I know I can wear this three different ways with stuff that I have in my house.
1: Yes. Again, this idea of like thinking ahead and making sure that what you're buying is functional with after you've already taken inventory, you know what you have and what you can wear with it. That would help me a lot because I have some things that I don't know what to do with them.
0: Yeah. And that's because you went and let the store lead you into buying. Mm -hmm. And now you go home and you still have like all these pieces that you're still not really quite sure what to do with. Yeah. Mm -hmm this
1: is really helpful. Um, Okay, awesome. So I feel like we got a lot of tips, you know, if y'all out here trying to buy your new wardrobe, this is what you should listen to. Um, So I'm going to move us into the lightning round. It's just a series of three questions, and you say the first thing that comes to your mind. So Mm -hmm. number one.
0: I also want to say if folks want, if they're looking for a stylist, that may be a service. I'm about to launch soon. So uh, reach out to me if you're looking to like, I need some help with here and there and putting something together. Um, I would love to be able to help people, uh, folks kind of launching into their career and trying to navigate all of that. So send me a message or something. We can work something
1: out. For sure. And where can they send this message to?
0: Um, You can follow, I mean, policy and fashion um, on Instagram. You can DM me. You can send me an email, policyandfashion at gmail.com. Um, We can work something up, set up a little
1: consultation to see
0: how I can help folks achieve their style goals.
1: That's awesome. awesome. I'm thinking about people who might be taking like graduation pictures or doing headshots coming up. So, yes,
0: and that's a whole strategic front there. You got to plan for those photo shoots. It's not just anything random. Uh, You actually really got to think about how your headshot looks and making sure it's reflective of who you are.
1: Okay, so we have options here. I'm I'm excited about that. Um so in that case, um keeping that in mind because I might have to circle back with you um, <laughs> for the lightning round. Could you give us three words to describe fashion in graduate school?
0: Oh, fashion in graduate school. Um ever-changing, evolving, and, um, exciting. Awesome.
1: Okay. Number two, what are two invaluable resources that have helped you in your wellness journey?
0: Um, wellness, wellness, wellness. Um, I, I put wellness with prayer and meditation, quiet time, all of those things. And, um, I would say exercise and getting outside, even if it's, I'm not no gym rat, like Orange Theory 5k marathon runner, but I do think fresh air
1: is important and walking outside. Mm -hmm. I totally agree with you. And lastly is you've given us a lot of advice, a lot of like really like actionable things that we can do. Um, but if you could give us one piece of advice for listeners and you can orient it towards people who are trying to figure out their style, as they're in graduate school what's one piece of advice you would leave them with
0: Um, confidence is key and don't be afraid to shine you are here to be your own unique self and not to be a carbon copy of anyone else
1: awesome well on on that note tiffany thank you for being here thank you for helping us get our fashion game up Um, if you could let people know one more time where they can find you
0: um you can find me at policy and fashion on Instagram and uh, my blog is at policyandfashion.com and my email is policyandfashion
1: at gmail.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's all I have for you on this episode. I hope that you heard something that inspires you along your wellness journey. And if so, share it with a friend. Until next time, take care.